There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, welcome, welcome to another edition of our Friday afternoon get-together here on High FM, the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you had an amazing, amazing week. It really was a special week, as I said, with Pesach Sheni on Sunday and Lag Ba'imer later in the week, on Wednesday and Thursday. It was a very inspiring, hopefully, an uplifting week, and now we're moving. We are just two weeks away from Chag Ashvos, from the great holiday of the receiving and the giving of the of the Torah, which is something for all we should be looking forward to and preparing ourselves not only for the goodies and the eaties and the cheesecake, but what it means to be a Torah Jew and to commit oneself to to a consistent life of of keeping and adhering and doing what it is that God wants to say on an everyday on an everyday basis. But this week, we've got a very, very interesting parsha, although quite a short one. I think it's only 57 psukim, so everyone, if they want to, can get through it, and possibly even get through all the rashis. It's not such a, not such a big deal, but there's really one theme that just keeps repeating itself throughout all the different topics that the parsha, uh, 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 talks about and, and kind of almost Almost to stand harps, harps on. And let's, let's start sort of from towards the end where the, uh, the Torah tells us that, that a person should not take from his friends, uh, uh, an interest or any increase of money, uh, and, uh, and don't give him your money with, uh, with any interest. And nor should you give your your food with any kind of uh, of, of increase. The the, the Kliyokar has a as a as a pshat on this. He wants to say that the main reason for the prohibition of taking interest is that it shows a complete lack of betochen, a complete lack of trust in in Hakadosh Baruch Hu. He says a a businessman places his trust in Hashem and knows that he does not know if he's going to earn a profit or not, right? One who lends with interest, however, is sure that he will earn a profit. He's, he's going to get back much more than he gave. So he relies <coughs> on the amount he is set to gain and, so to speak, removes HaKadosh Baruch Hu from his heart, removes HaKadosh Baruch Hu from the equation totally. The reason the borrower also is over, is, is also, also transgresses a negative prohibition, is because he is causing the lender to sin and, and, and lose his, his betachan and nakadish parachu. And he carries on and says, the reason it's permitted to lend to a non-Jew with interest is because non-Jews are known sometimes to not always be 100% honest and, and may not necessarily return. The, the original loan. And since the lender doesn't even know if he's even going to get his money back, so he still needs to have betochen that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will, 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 uh, will help him. That's what the, that's the interpretation of the Kliyakos. That's all about betochen, all about whether you 
understand that whatever you have comes from the Rabbanishlam, comes from God, or, or whether you rely completely on, on your, on, on yourself. The Yalshech also comments on, on this, uh, on this, uh, comment. He says the, the Chazal say in, in the Mandrish, in, in Torah's Kainim, that one who lends or borrows with interest, so it's akin to a person who doesn't believe at all in Hashem. And neither in, in, in Hashem, nor in Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, nor in the Exodus from, from Egypt. This is because one who lends with interest depends on what he sees as the natural process of events, that money earns more money. And he doesn't believe that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that Hashem is Baruch, provides for us with Hashkoch protest with, with divine, with divine providence. He denies that Hashem is the one who guides the world and therefore also denies the Yitzhiyas, the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. The, the, the time when in fact it was, it was clear to, to the whole, to the whole world that everything is Depend on Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and nothing is dependent on on uh, on, on on nature. Rav Chaim Kanievsky, in his uh, in in his Sefer Mishkas Shemen, so he brings the words of the the Balaturim. The Balaturim says that the numerical value of the word Neshech, interest, is the same as the numerical value of the words Ze Nochosh. This is a snake. He explains that there's a connection between charging interest and, and a snake. And, and the way, the way he understands it is, is as follows. The, the Medrash tells us in, in, in Bereshus Rabbah that La'asad Lava, in the future, every creature is going to be healed with the exception of the snake. And he brings a pasuk in, in Yeshaya that the, the, the bread of, of the snake is gonna be, gonna be dirt and it's gonna remain that way also. The Medrash later says in, in, in Shemay Shabbat that the Rabbani Islam says that one who lends with interest in this world will not live in, in the world to come. And he brings a posuk in, in, uh, in Yecheskel as Kaspar Nosla Beneser. He gave out his money on, on uh, interest and accepted Overcharging on, on loans, shall he then, shall he then live? He's not going to, it's not going, not going to live. He says, and he brings further there, what is interest in fact comparable to? To one who is bitten by a snake and doesn't realize it until it strangles him. So to one doesn't realize the interest until it, it strangles the, the, the payer. We see that one who lends with interest is compared literally to a snake that bites a man. And just like a snake will not be healed in the, in the future, so too one who lends with interest will have, will not receive any kind of, uh, uh, uh any kind of rectification for his averis, and therefore he has no future in, uh, in Ailam, in Ailam Haba. The, the, the depth of the comparison between one who lends with ribis and, uh, and the snake. So he can understand it through what the, uh, what the Sifra in Kabbalah say regarding what was the curse 
that Hashem Yisbarach gave the snake, that he's going to eat the dirt. Earth he's going to eat for all the days of his life. This seems to indicate that it's a very good thing, that a snake's meals will always be ready for him. Right, wherever he goes, there's always, there's always dirt, there's always earth around, he doesn't have to go running off to, to, you know, to the convenience store and, and get his food or to the restaurant. And he doesn't need to rely on, on our Kaddish Baruch Hu to sustain him. And he'll have therefore no relationship with, with our Kaddish Baruch Hu. And in fact, Chazal said in, in Yoma that, that the, the, the sin of the snake will never be rectified because he is completely cut off from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So too, one who lends with interest shows that he doesn't rely on HaKadosh Baruch Hu for his parnasa, for his livelihood, and in fact, desires to completely and totally cut himself off from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He believes that he can make a living on his own. He is completely self-sufficient and doesn't need to depend on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, he's comparable to the snake. For this reason, he has no ticking, he has no, rectif- no rectification, even in, in the next world. Because he has totally detached himself from his uh, nitzchias, from his uh, everlasting spiritual uh, 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 source, and therefore will have no, will have no future. Right? And, and, and this is something that, that uh, every single yid, has to learn a very, very powerful lesson from, from, uh, from this, uh, from this, uh, uh, from this Alsha, from this, uh, statement of, of Rav Chaim, and has to make very sure never to be join that group, never to be amongst the people who turn their hearts away from having complete and total bitochen in, in Hashem and His Hashkacha, and and uh, and rather, Hashem trust in themselves to be able to earn uh, a living. Instead, one has to completely and totally recognize the guidance, recognize the control of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and rely on Him for His sustenance, for His for His every every cent. In this way, one will find a a a a, a shefa, an outpouring, a bounty of Hakadosh Baruch Hu's kindness and and. Uh, and and uh, abundance. So we see it's it's it's, it's crucial for us to trust Hakadosh Baruch Hu and realize that He is the one who sustains us at all times and provides for every single need we have. But not just provides, does it with Chesed, does it with kindness, does it with Rachamim, does it with compassion, right? And that's uh, the 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 Rosh in his Sefer Chaim wrote to have betachon to have faith. In Hakadosh Baruch Hu, with your entire heart, and to believe in His Ashkocha all the time, and with that you'll be able to 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 uh, make permanence, to perhaps perpetuate in your in your in your heart the complete and perfect Yichud of Hashem, the unification to believe in Hashem. And that uh, that his eyes are hovering every single uh, person in in the earth, and his eyes are open upon all the ways of uh, of, uh, of 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 man. And uh, and that Hakadosh Baruch Hu, 
is he investigates our hearts and, and searches our kidneys and this is the foundation, this is the aside of, of the entire of the entire Torah. The the uh, when we get to uh, next week's parsha, we are going to read the the terrible terrible curses that Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, and it says that if you walk with me with uh, uh, happenstance, where everything is is coincidence, and you don't wish to listen to me, so it says yourself, I'm going to add seven punishments corresponding to your to your sin. And, and, and the post goes even further and, and says a bit later, and, uh, if with all of this, you still won't, uh, uh, you won't accept my mercy, you won't consider yourself, uh, uh, told off by me, and you continue, and you continue to walk as if everything is happenstance, I also will treat you with happenstance, and I will again Add seven more punishments for your for your sin, and and even a third time, it says, and if that still you don't listen to me, and you still go with apostance, so then I will treat you, Bahamas carry. I'll treat you with a with a fury of of apostance, and then I will uh, uh, adding even an additional seven. To, to yourself. So all these sukkim again and again and again, we see that the punishment for treating our Kaddish Baruch Hu with, with, uh, the keri, with, with happenstance is even more severe than that of the, uh, earlier verse. As it gets worse and worse, if, if you don't listen to me, and at the beginning of the, of the curse it says, in sishmuli, if you don't listen to me and you don't do what, what I say, Right? So, we don't have to ask, we don't have to ask what, uh, what it's so, but if you keep on, 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 on thinking that this is just, just, a uh, 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 just, uh, happenstance, then the punishment gets even, even, even worse. And, and to explain this, we need to understand perhaps what is the meaning of, of, if you walk with me with, uh, with happenstance. Rashid there says, Says the Chazal in in Teres Kainim said that this word means temporary, meaning something that happens only sometimes. So the so the pasuk is actually telling us that since you treated the commandments as some kind of temporary concern, it's something you don't have to do all all the time. And and Rashi says that his Rebbe Menachem explains the word to mean refraining. As, as the Apostle says, uh, elsewhere that, uh, hold, hold back your, your, your steps. Right. And, uh, and, uh, and therefore it, it goes along with, with, uh, another translation and, and we'll, again, we'll finish this idea in a minute, but we need to go to the shops and earn some money for the station. So please don't run away. Stay tuned. This is 101.9. Chai FM, the soul, soul to soul on the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. <laughs> There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul on the greatest radio station in Africa. As usual at this time, we give you the important details you need for this Shabbos, the latest time for 
getting your candles lit this afternoon is at seven minutes past five. We're almost at the earliest they can get, maybe another minute or two in the coming, in the coming uh, weeks. Uh, Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 5.59, one minute before 6 o'clock. As I said, this week's Pasha is Pasha's Bahar, uh, and uh, the after the we read is the schedule one for for Bahar, which in itself a very interesting Haftar talks about also the great trust that the Navi had, and even as he knew the destruction of the temple was impending, still went and bought and bought property in in the land and and, and made a legal acquisition because he understood that even though there was going to be an exile, it was going to be a short term thing, it was going to be a temporary thing, and that we were coming back to to Hashem's holy land, to the special land that belongs to this this uh this this nation. Uh the chapter for Prikyavot this week is the fourth is the fourth chapter and it's gonna be a beautiful warm and, and wonderful wonderful uh, uh Shabbat. Just to just to finish off with saying so in in the Rashi he brings three different translations for the word for the word Keri. Uh Rashi himself seems to say that uh that the word Keri means something uh, uh, very, 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 very temporary. It's something that you don't do all the, uh, all the, all the time. Uh, uh, the, the, he brings then also the Menachem, who says that the word means to, to refrain, as of someone who refrains from doing what our Kaddish Baruch Hu wants to do. And, uh, and then he brings, at the end, he brings Onklus, and Onklus translation, that it comes from the words uh, a hardness. In other words, one who hardens one's heart to to refrain from doing what Hashem wants and from coming close to to uh, to Hashem. The the all the other mafarshim, the Ramban, the Ibn Ezra, the Yorachayim, the Malbim, and even other other mafarshim explain slightly differently. They say that the words carry walking with hyperstance means not realizing that the punishments we receive are a direct retribution for our averus. If we continue to blame all the all the hardships we have, all the punishments we receive as being happenstance that nothing to do with us, then Hashem tells us that He will act with us, with carry with happenstance, and He will punish us until we finally get the message that the punishments were sent by HaKadosh Baruch Hu to somehow lead us to do tshuva, to, to, uh, to repent. The Rambam, in fact, writes in, in, uh, in, in Geras HaTemon and, uh, and uh, uh, also Mamat Chiyasam that if one blames his suffering on Kerry, on Hapastans, and fails to recognize that they are, in fact, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he will then receive even greater punishments from from Hashem. So the conclusion here is how 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 negative, how how detrimental and how dangerous in fact it is for someone to fail to see Hashem's hand in every area of his life and to think that events occur somehow on 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 their own. Such such thoughts cause tremendous suffering and pain to to uh, to happen to a, to a person and and these hardships won't go away. They'll carry on and they'll continue until the individual's f- heart is finally 
aroused and broken and he recognizes HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence and his guiding hand in every, in every detail of life. And that's, that's the law of the Shemitah. That's, that's the, the concept behind the Shemitah and the Yovel and, and many of the things mentioned in this Pasha, the constant and total reliance on, on, on the Ribbon Shalom in every area and to realize that whatever it is that happens, there's no other cause for anything in our lives except, except the, the, uh, the, the Ribbon Shalom. And, and if we, and if we think so, then, Unfortunately, we turn out to be, to be the, 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 the losers. We've been discussing for the last couple of weeks the laws of Tkum Shabbos, how far a person is allowed to travel beyond his established residence on, on a, uh, on a Shabbos. And we, we, we spoke last week that in the same way that it's also for a person to go beyond 2000 almost beyond the, the precinct where he establishes his residence. On, on Shabbos. So, so too, it's forbidden for him to allow any of his possessions to leave that area. He already said that a person's possessions are, are guided and, 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 uh, controlled and limited by the same Tchum on Shabbos as, as he is. And therefore they can't go any place where he cannot, where, where he cannot, uh, he cannot go. So let's say, uh, uh, even by mistake, he had fruit and he took it beyond the, the, uh, limit of where he's allowed to go. So, uh, even though once you've gone past 2000 Amas, you're not allowed to carry anything out of the four Amas in which you find yourself. However, you can eat that food. If that's, that's your meal, you, you're allowed to eat that food wherever you are on, uh, on uh, on Shabbos, and, and that was if you did it on by mistake, if you took it out of your tchum on on purpose, then Halacha says you're not allowed to even not even allowed to eat them on that uh, on on that uh, on that Shabbos. What about a non-Jew? What about if a non-Jew brings you, let's say, some fruit from outside the tchum, from outside the area where you would be allowed to go? On Shabbos, and he arrives in town, having brought things from outside that area. So it depends what his motivation, what his intention was. If he brought them really for for himself, or if not for himself, for another non-Jew, that was his stated that was his stated uh, intention. So then, any Jew would be allowed to eat that fruit because it wasn't brought for for uh, for a Jew. Except that since it came from outside the trum, uh, you're not allowed to move them more than four amas from where they, where they are. But where, where, where they are now, if you want to come and eat them, Bavakashad, you, you can. However, if the non-Jew brought them into this area, or he brought them, let's say, into, into a house, or into any area that's surrounded, by a fence or into an area that has an eruv, so then any area, any place within that fenced area is now considered a place of Mushusiyochid, and you'd be allowed to carry the fruit anywhere in that whole surrounded, surrounded uh, area. So that's if you brought them for a non-Jew. What about if we brought them specifically for the Jew? He knows you like good fruit. And he went to the market somewhere and bought you some really delicious, delicious stuff. So then no one 
uh, 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 the person whom he brought them from is not allowed to eat them, uh, and uh, not only the person himself but his whole family wouldn't be allowed to eat them until enough time has passed on Moitzah Shabbos, after Shabbos is over, that the guy could have left wherever he got them when Shabbos is over and arrived in your house. Only then would you be allowed to eat them after after Shabbos. So we'll be back with a few closing words after this message from our sponsors. Don't run away. This is 101.9 Chai FM on Soul to Soul. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. This is Soul to Soul. We're back on your radio on a Friday afternoon. Just starting to get a little bit cooler uh, today. It's been quite, quite warm, quite uh, summery, certainly during the days this week, but we're moving, hopefully, maybe towards towards winter. So, a person is at home, and he wants to be able to go on Shabbos beyond the two thousand amos, approximately kilometer beyond his area. Is there a way you can do it? And the answer is yes. The answer, of course, is the option is something called an eruv tochumim, which transfers your border from being two thousand. Amos, beyond the precinct in which you're spending Shabbos, all the way to an extra 2,000 Amos to make it, in fact, 4,000, uh, uh, 4, Amos beyond where, where he, uh, where he is. Uh, and, right, and, uh, that's, that's, in, it would work in, in seemingly in, in any, in any, uh, uh, direction, and that's, where we would place at the end of the first 2,000 Amos would be the place where he would place the the Erev. In other words, he decides which direction he wants to he wants to go, and at the, at the 2,000 Amma mark of that point, he'll make he'll make his uh, his Erev. So then that allows him then to be able to travel. You, with, because of this Erev that he's put up, in other words, by what he's actually doing is, by putting up this Erev, is he's changing the place of his domicile from the city or area where he was when he started Shabbos, but he's actually making his Shabbos residence at the place where that Erev is, and by doing that, his his new home is now 2,000 Amos around the space where he has set up that temporary kind of a, kind of a, a, a domicile. So he's now at a place where previously he could never have walked that far. He could, he could only walk 2,000 Amos, but not, not uh, beyond them. Uh, but now, by adding on this Erev, uh, 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 he now gives himself an additional... Two thousand amas to be able to uh, to be able to uh, to work, and that's in fact why it's called a ruv tuchumim, where he's mixing together what was previously his deadline, his uh, his ultimate place where he couldn't go further, and mixing that now with his new residence, which allows him to extend his his deadline even 
even even further and be able, allows them to to uh, travel a little bit further on uh, on the uh, on the on, on the on the Shabbos. Um, right. So, but the only thing is that uh, whatever by 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 an erev tchumen, it's very very clear though. If I decide, let's say, I want to make an erev towards the east because. I imagine that where I want to travel on Shabbos is, let's say, to the east, then I'm only allowed to travel to the east, and I cannot travel in another direction. In other words, let's say, if, if I put my air of 2,000 away from, I'm almost away from the edge of my hometown, let's say, towards the east, so I can go, I can leave my house, and I can travel 4,000 amas, beyond the edge of the town in an easterly direction. But if I wanted, let's say I decided now, no, actually I don't want to travel east. I actually want to travel west. Uh-uh. You cannot go even one amma to the, uh, to the, to the west. The, 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 uh, the setting up of an Eruv becomes uh, uh, mutually exclusive, where that's the only way you can travel, and not any other, and not any other, uh, any 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 travel, any any other any other direction. Now, in in order to fix and and uh, set up the the eruv, there are two steps to how to set up an eruv. The first way that one could set up in in eruv is is if I go to the place that I want to establish as my new Shabbos residence, in other words, the location that is 2,000 amas away from the edge of the city where I'm living in the direction that I want to, that I want to, uh, that I want to travel. So if I'm there at the moment when Shabbos starts, so since uh, I was there, through the time of Ben Hashemoshes, when Shabbos comes in, so then that then becomes your place, and then we we measure from him right there, 2,000 Amas in, in the further direction, and that's where he's allowed to travel. And he doesn't have to say anything, he doesn't have to make a, a speech or a declaration, the fact that he's there when Shabbos starts already already gives him the right to uh to uh to to travel it's it's just enough that he has intention to make that his place right uh, however let's say a person's as Shabbos starts a person is taking a walk in the in the in the fields and he has no intention at all to make that his Shabbos residence so then doesn't make difference where he spends Shabbos, where he where he is fixed for Shabbos still remains his home his original home and he cannot travel more than more than uh, uh, two thousand amas out of uh, out of that way. The second way, and this we're going to have to go into more next week, is by putting down what we call an eruv, which is food sufficient for for two meals. As, as the, 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 the item that's going to establish his, his residence there. And we'll have a chance, please God, to discuss this in, in the coming week. But the news time approaches, so it's just time for me to, uh, vamoose and get ready for our own Shabbos and just to thank each and every one of you for being part of our radio show, for being here this week, for listening. And we value your feedback and your input, but just keep warm, keep inspired. 
love the Torah, love the company, and to each and every one of you, a wonderful good Shabbos.